Broadcasting live from the Access Tunnel on the plain of Arcavios, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me is Cameron. Hello. And Nelson. They haven't scraped me off yet. And today we're going to be looking at some tournament reporting from the Strixhaven pre-pre-release, which happened at time of recording yesterday. Before we get to that, a reminder that this show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Please check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. Get your Strixhaven pre-orders in, because let me tell you, set looks sweet. And uh, you can also pre-order now uh, all five of the Strixhaven Commander decks, which honestly look like very fun decks with some pretty sweet cards in them. I'm excited about those. And if you tell them, loading ready run sent me button, please, they will give you a little one inch button, which currently says snow lands, snow problem. And of course, the show and everything that we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. And we really appreciate it. And we really appreciate everyone who's been sending us all those wonderful messages over the past day on Twitter. I've received some on, on Reddit as well. I got a comment of mine got given a hug award. Ooh. I don't really know what that means. Is it a picture of a bear? No, it's like it's like the smiling face of a very round seal. Oh, the seal one. Nice. Oh, yeah. I think that's what that one is. Yeah. So we're going to spend most of the podcast today talking about playing Strixhaven and the cards mm. and opening the decks and the sealed experience and all of that that came out as a result of the PPR and getting to actually play it. And that was all sweet. So all the all the awesome stuff is happening later. But before we get to that, I do briefly want to address the Loxodon in the room, which was the sort of this, just this pow that fell over the pre-pre-release, which was just really quite, it was quite a thing. I I don't want to dwell on it for a couple of reasons. One, it's just, you know, I, I just don't want to talk about it for a great length of time. But also, you know, you, our listeners, don't need, you know, a lecture. <laughs> Yeah, about, no. about this. I, I don't hold any of you responsible for what happened. But man, yeah, yesterday uh, it sucked in a lot of ways, uh, which is a shame because the PPR is fun and all the parts of the PPR that are normally fun were, were fun still. But good Christ. <laughs> the part yeah, where we read chat was less fun. What the dick? So... As near as I can figure, there's one main reason of what what happened. And if you're curious what happened, I will sort of explain over the course of this. So we were putting on our show, the pre-pre-release, which is a thing that we always do for every set. This is a normal course of events. And there's folks that we deal with at Wizards of the Coast for prepping for the PPR. And then there's a different but related group of folks who handle card previews. And the one group of folks were like, hey, we want to have you preview uh, and reveal one of the commander decks you're going to be doing the one on april 9th five different content creators get one of the decks and they do one a week over the course of the week and you'll get the one that's on friday we don't know what deck that is yet we haven't decided the order it'll be on the friday and we went all right cool that sounds great we'll do a video about it and then when we were talking to the other group of people about the ppr they were like well if the set releases on the 23rd then pre-release you know so so this will be the this will be the 9th or 10th we don't love saturdays i think fridays would be better so here's an idea why doesn't everything happen on the friday since you're going to be doing one of these commander things anyway and then you can incorporate the commander thing into the pre pre-release and we were like okay that seems like a great idea so then we went away to talk about how we wanted to do that and we're like well if we're going to do commander and you know there's all these commander decks that are part of the set that are actually like strixhaven themed commanders what if we try playing a commander game at the pre pre-release that sounds fun and we got the those decks so far in advance like way way earlier than we were expecting frankly earlier than wizards was expecting that we were like oh you know what we could do is we could do this as a recorded game which we did for the first time at one of the PPRs, which was great. And I'm really happy with how that turned out. Yeah, me too. 
And so, yeah. And so we were like, okay, okay. So how do we want to, how do we want to lay this all out? So because this is the pre pre release, the point of this was the pre pre release. We'll do some games of sealed. Then we'll do the commander game. And then grand finale will reveal the Witherbloom deck. Cause at that point we knew it was going to be Witherbloom. And we're like, that sounds good. Wizards, what do you think of this? They said, that looks great to us. So we said, great, let's go ahead and do that. So then we made the announcement. It's like, we're going to do sealed. We're going to do commander. And then we're going to reveal this thing. And I posted on Twitter a couple days beforehand, you know, Hey, by the way, the Witherbloom reveal is going to be happening near the end of this stream. I didn't specify exactly when, because we don't know how long four rounds of seal is going to take, but I did say it's going to be very late in the day. And this is where it starts to get, you know, unfortunate, not from anything James did. James made a post on the magic subreddit, laying it out and saying, here's what we're doing in this order, four rounds of sealed, then a commander game. And then to cap things off this reveal, that was what we, we had always said. And then somebody else the day before, or possibly that morning, I don't recall exactly when somebody else linked to a tweet announcement about it saying loading ready run is revealing the Witherbloom deck at 11 AM because that's when the thing started. And somehow that snowballed into a uniquely miserable experience <laughs> over the course of the day as a bunch of people who don't know or care about who we are or what we do, clearly, misunderstood that this was a stream to reveal the Witherbloom deck and not our normal PPR stream that was always going to happen in which we were also at the end, as we had maintained, going to be revealing this deck. And so it just turned into a bunch of just very strange assumptions and accusations that I spent basically my whole day. Anytime you didn't see me on camera, I was responding to people on Twitter and Reddit basically all day. You know, people being like, why are you, you like you're holding this information hostage? You know, you're you're milking this for views. <coughs> it's like we the PPRs do fine. They're our highest viewed things anyway. And, you know. I don't I don't even know if we're allowed to say this, but like Wizards has said they are happy with how they do view wise. So like, no, that's not what we were doing. And there was a lot of like, like, well, obviously people are pissed off, so you should just change it. You, sh you should just air it now to try to save face. Just take the L and air it now. Just put it up now because it's done. So you're withholding it from us. And it's like, hold on. <laughs> How do you, how do you think, how do you think this works? Like, how do you think any content works? It's like, oh, okay. Well, once it's done, then you should just release it immediately. If you, if you schedule something, then you are, you are holding that content hostage. Why won't Marvel release the rest of Falcon and the Winter Soldier now? It's done. They've filmed it. Why don't they release it now? They're holding it hostage is the answer, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was very, very, very strange. There were, there were a lot of complaints. Sorry, James is like, wait a minute. Yeah. Why don't they just release the rest of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? He can't stop. He's, he's commenting at us in Reddit and on Twitter uh, right now. Oh no. Oh God. He's made post. <laughs> And there were there were there were two two complaints. R very rarely were these complaints worded politely, but there were there were there were two complaints which which I was like, okay, that's that's a that's a reasonable reason to be you know to be a little irritated. One was time zones, which you know folks from the EU would have to wait until the next day to see their spoilers on Reddit as, instead of seeing their spoilers on Reddit today. Can I quick disagree with you? <laughs> I don't think that's a legitimate complaint. Time zones aren't new. So here's the thing is, is it's, is there was a lot of people complaining about that who were not European. <laughs> Like there was, there was provably there's it's in our Twitter replies. There's people being like, well, look, I'm not from the EU, but this is unfair to EU people. And then other EU people being like, don't don't use me as a cudgel. And then people from Asia and Australia being like, really, how does it feel? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I just want to say like, hey, you have content. You want to reveal something. You want to post something at a certain time. Like pick any minute of the day. It's bad for like a third of the world, right? No matter what. Absolutely. The other four content creators earlier in the week did release their stuff earlier in the day. Not consistent. There was no set time because there was no set time. There was no mandate. Absolutely none. Wizards doesn't do that, right? They don't say you have to do it at 2 p.m. because otherwise it'll be a problem, right? So this is when we decided to do it and it was not great for EU. And I'm sorry, but you know, we we wanted to 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 do it as like a grand finale to the stream. Now, here's the thing though, because See, we did talk about this because we didn't want it to be a thing where you had to watch the stream. We were like, well, we shouldn't do that because this is the day that it's being revealed. So we should also put the video live simultaneously on the YouTube channel so that for people who don't watch Twitch or whatever, then that will be when it goes live for them. And we didn't set a time because we don't know how long four rounds of sealed will take. And we didn't want to set it live on the YouTube earlier because then when it airs on the stream, it's things, it's stuff people have already seen. And, you know unsurprisingly when it did finally air it was like well there was only five minutes <laughs> is that it uh, like, yeah, well yeah that's all we that's all it was going to be you we we did not you know it was whipped into a frenzy by other people <laughs> beyond us the the other thing that i did see because I, I i said there was two was there was a comment from ben at star city who talked about how you know that they were an east coast retailer who were waiting to find out what the cards are so that they could add them to their database so that they could sell them as pre-order and i sympathize i feel no ill will to ben who himself was polite people who commented on his post were not polite but i don't hold ben responsible for that but also it's not our responsibility to make sure that we put our spoilers up in a time that's convenient for retailers. And if that was a concern, then Wizards would, would tell us that. They would be, you have to do it before close of business on the East Coast or else it'll be a problem for retailers. And it's, so, you know, I'm sorry if this made anyone's day who works in database or retail management, you know, a little more annoying. But ultimately, that's not actually on us. Yeah, like Wizards just gives us, you know, the information and then we can choose to stream it however we want, right? We could have had the PPR starting at 9 p.m. or something, right? Like it's the yeah. ball's just in our court. You know, there's no the, the kind of comments we got and like the sort of vitriol that was in Twitch chat. By the way, thank you again, our Twitch mods. Oh, my God. But yeah, it's like it, it, <laughs> the attitude was very like, how could you let everyone down like this? Like, no, that's that's not what's going on here you know we're just we're given the chance to offer this thing up however we choose yeah it, it was i don't even mind people being angry that they were gonna have to wait till later in the day i mean i i don't mind someone being angry i don't like someone being angry and rude at us like you can be upset what i what what bothered me was the people who were attributing malicious intent to our reason you know they're like oh it's just it's a callous business decision they're just doing it for views and they're milking this and they just want to try to use this this thing you know I hope Wizards never works with them again. Clearly, people who have no idea who we are. You know, I I hope that, you know, that's like the, the, these horrible people at Loading Ready Run who are, you know, making mockery of this thing. And it's like, hold, hold, <laughs> pump the brakes. Yeah literally we put it at the end because it would be a big ta-da and we thought it would be a nice like it's the it's you know it you you put your championship match on last it's the main event right mm -hmm. so we were like hey here's new fun information won't that be cool and i even thought i i snuck one of the cards into the judge video as like a as like an early easter egg oh yeah and then we opened a few in our, our collector boosters too yeah exactly and then you know and then of course some people again on reddit were like this is how they're choosing to reveal it you don't even get a good look at it this is terrible it's like no 
it's not it we're choosing to reveal it we said we kept saying at the time like oh look hey a sneaky surprise well tune in for the reveal later that's still happening you know and like that was maybe awkward but it's like no that's not how we're choosing to reveal it we would have had to make sure that we got 16 seeded packs that definitely got all of the exclusive cards from the deck for that to work which is not a thing that happens. What What is the play here, right? Like we're sitting around planning this out. We have this spoiler and we decide what if, and this is a big what if, but what if instead of announcing it clearly and making like a video, we just scatter it blurrily. <laughs> <laughs> like it's in an episode of Friday nights, like each of the each of the cards from the deck are somewhere in the background of the Friday nights shot. It'll be like an ARG, right? They're going to have to scrub through it frame by frame <laughs> and then like apply filters. It's brilliant. That would be milking for views, right? Because as people just like keep starting it over again and they're like spending so much time on the page. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. It's like you just want people to watch your stream. No, we literally don't care. Yeah. You literally do not have to ever interact with our stream. You can just wait to see it on Twitter and on YouTube and it'll go live at exactly the same time in all places. We in fact we'd be happier if you didn't. <laughs> if this is how you're going to act yeah so much happier <sighs> so anyway that was a weird weird thing which was a shame and i you know i tweeted about it it's like it just it feels it it felt bad because the video team you know and and i count myself on that number but i don't want to i don't want to just be like i worked so hard but the video team worked really hard getting everything squared away and ready you know for the for the ppr and i think that the end result i think that everything that we all the content that we put out like the ppr everything on the stream on camera the gameplay, the video stuff. I think everything that went out the door was great. I think this was an awesome PPR. I think it was a super fun time in that regard. And uh, I'm really proud of, of what we made. And so that's good. And uh, the nice thing is, because it was all relegated to to chat, is that when you watch the replay on the, uh, on the YouTube channel, you'll never know. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even think we broke character about it. <laughs> yeah, we've finally arrived as a true Magic the Gathering stream, better watched with chat hidden. Yes. Ta-da! <laughs> I want to say, though, too, sorry, I knew we were going to talk about this, but many of our regular viewers or people who just tune into the PPR or just decent people from the Magic community were chatting still about the cards or asking questions about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, our, our life. It was, yeah, it wasn't just, it wasn't just only vitriol in chat. There were plenty of people who came in and said, like, mean or unnecessary things in chat. But there were still more people saying, like, wow, cool card or, like, nice haircut, Adam, or whatever, you know. So I, and we, and we read those. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And I, I seriously doubt that anyone who's angry at us is still listening to this podcast, but to note that of, of the hundreds of new chatters who showed up and were interacted with by the mods in some way, a very small percentage, honestly, were, were even banned. Most were just timed out for being rude. And the only people that were truly banned were uh, repeat offenders or people who leapt immediately to insulting or cussing out us or the mods. So I, I don't know what else you were expecting to happen. This is our house. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I, what what what's the telos here what's your plan what do you think is going to happen i don't know maybe if i use enough swear words they'll just reveal the deck <laughs> turns out that didn't quite work but we did finally reveal it and we got to play a bunch of magic beforehand and now i want to start talking about that because that was that was much more fun yeah so i picked i picked silver quill this was unintentional but as it turns out everyone who was in the commander game picked the same college for the commander and what they played in the sealed as well initially oh, i didn't notice that yeah initially adam who had played who played the quandrix deck in the in commander was going to pick lore hold and then sort of like wasn't sure if he was feeling it and i was because we 
you know, we tried to like spread it out and I was looking down the list and I was like, well, two people have already said Prismari and two people have already said Silver Quill, but there's only one person on each of the other ones. So if you want to go Lorehold, Witherbloom or Quandrix, you can, you can do that. And he was like, oh, Quandrix, please. So he picked, he picked that one. But yeah, I picked, I picked Silver Quill and I got very lucky with my on-color rares, my promo foil. I did, here's, here's one point of criticism I'd like to levy at the pre-release kits is that previously, I swear this is the case, but previously in these pre-release kits, wasn't the promo foil also themed to the thing? Like they did this for Tarkir, for Khan's block and for Return to Ravnica. So they've changed it a few times. There's been a few, right? Yeah. Like there used to be one promo you would get that you couldn't play. Yeah. Like back in the... Oh, no. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one promo you get that you couldn't play. And then it changed to one promo per color assigned thing. So like everyone who picked white and Theros, I think, had the five mana four, four flying first strike bestow. Creature. Yes, that was that was bad because that was just clearly the better card and everyone played white. Right, right. Yeah. So like that, that's probably why that's the one I remember. And then they changed it to at some point, like I think there might have been a halfway step where there's a few different ones you can get. And then it was like themed still. So this is like the themed era. And then they changed it to those pre-release promos could be any card, right? Any any rare or mythic from the set, I believe, is what the rec- more recent pre-releases have been. I just would have assumed that, like, because I picked Silver Quill, I would have gotten either a black or white or black, white, gold card as the rare. Now, I did. I, I got lucky and I picked Silver Quill and I got a mono black rare. But Kathleen, for example, picked Silver Quill and opened Lorehold Command. Okay. Which was, you know, odd. Like, Surge picked Lorehold and got, like, a Archmage Emeritus, I think it was. Like, he got something <laughs> completely... Oh completely unrelated i got a red creature and i picked prismari so i i had kind of assumed that they'd they'd cut all the rares and mythics into the five houses or whatever yeah it didn't that didn't seem to be the case but you do get the themed pack which is good and uh, that sort of like sets you up in a good way i think i think only one deck i want to say only one deck on the day and i think it was cameron's ended up truly two colors of the original thing and i think everybody else splashed into a third color yeah i was just on exclusively quandrix and mainly that's because my fixing was not strong, right? Like, I say that being in green, I I mean, I did have a couple of, like, you know, cultivate effects, but I didn't have any of the allied colored, I'm going to refer to them as campi, (laughs) right? Like, I I didn't have a Prismari campus, I didn't have a a Witherbloom campus to allow me to dip into those colors. So I just kind of, like, went all in on Quandrix. Like, I feel that these decks, or that these these colleges, actually reward you fairly well for being disciplined in limited environments yeah. and sticking with them, right? Yeah. Like the Quandrix cards really, really reward you for going deep on fractals. Yeah, I wanted to say that I noticed, I said this as much during the PPR itself, but mechanically the set, if you look at the judge video, for example, it's fairly straightforward. Like, you know, it, the school of mages seems like a lot going on, but you turned in the judge video. Now you and Serge did that. And it was like, well, you've got magecraft and you've got learn. And that's about it. Like Ward shows up in the set very minimally. Ward was mostly in the judge video as, yo, this is a big rules change that's happening. It's a new evergreen keyword and it's in the set on like seven cards i think and then demonstrate which was in the commander sets only and that was it so really it's mage craft and learn and it's mostly mage craft which yep. is just whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery a thing happens and the complexity comes from what all those abilities 
do and how they interact and synergize. Because on paper, it's like, oh, there's really just the one thing. And there's some amount of learning. I only had one learn card in my deck, which was annoying to me. But, it, you know, Magecraft is the big thing. But then you watch and it's like, all right, I cast this spell. Now, three different things are going to happen. And it's <laughs> like, uh-oh, uh-oh. You know, it, you're just sort of like, okay, I'm going to pass the turn. And if they don't have literally any spell, then I'm fine. If they have literally any spell, I'm in a world of trouble. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm, I don't know. The, the synergy in the set is really strong each as you're, and you're totally correct, right? Like it, it, the cards individually are pretty straightforward, but they interact really well with each other and it feels good. Mm -hmm. I want to say the judge video was pretty short because although Ward exists mostly, I think on Quandrix cards, Quandrix and Silverquill, but you know, we talked, you just mentioned Magecraft and then in a typical set like this, like on Ravdkar or whatever, like they made sure to have an ability word or a keyword for each one of the houses of Ravnica or the guilds, sorry, but on mm -hmm. Quandrix, the colleges, or sorry, on Strixhaven, the colleges have, they have themes, but they didn't all give them ability words. You know, the, the Witherbloom care about gaining life, but there's no, like, when you gain ability keyword or anything. And the- Right, that's a good point. Each college doesn't have its own thing. There, The thing is, like, there are as many rules in this set, for sure, as a, another big set, like as many other big sets. It's like, it is a complicated set as you're talking about. They just didn't lean on ability words and all the all the rules explanations are just on the cards because i think they want you know there's there's this flexibility right they didn't just want gain life fall like they didn't want all the cards to say this is this is a permanent and then when you gain a life it has a triggered ability right they didn't just want a blanket like this is an enhanced spell if you've gained life this turn they didn't just want like if your life total is more than 10 more than your your starting life total such and such happens instead they wanted to have this like very textured the cards care about you gaining life in a bunch of different ways so and we're just gonna have to stuff all that in which i think is great like it's fine but it did make for a deceivingly short judge video maybe deceptively deceptively short judge video maybe so let me talk about my sealed deck a little bit and then i'll throw it to whomstever wishes to go next i i did end up still in very heavy silver quill i had a silver quill campus from the seeded pack i think every seeded pack had its on color campus i imagine that to be the case and then i ended up with a lore hold campus as well which is white red so with a lore hold campus and two mountains i splashed some red cards because my white black was overall okay but i was like uh rather than another four drop creature maybe i just run some very good removal this is sealed after all so i was splashing red for a lorehold pledge mage which is technically castable as one white white because it's one and then two hybrid red white mana which is a two two first strike and then magecraft it gets plus one plus oh and then a heated debate two and a red for an instant can't be countered deals four damage to a creature a planeswalker and then rip apart which is white red sorcery choose one either three damage to creature or planeswalker or destroy target artifact or enchantment and I was, so I was like, ah, you know, these all seem like good things to have. The Pledge Mage was mostly in there for curve purposes because my pool had an awful lot of four drops. But in terms of getting very lucky with my on-color rares, I mentioned I had the black stamped foil. The 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 stamp is different. Previously, they would stamp with the date of the pre-release, but this has a little foil stamp in the corner of the art that just says 2021 with the sort of the, the shooting star, like the magic promo symbol, the shooting star. So it's like a 2-0 over top 
top of the arc of the shooting star and then a 2-1 underneath it. It's kind of neat looking. Yeah, I also noticed that as different from last time. So I got the Callous Blood Mage, who I love this card. It's two and a black for a 2-1 Vampire Warlock. When it enters the battlefield, choose one. You either make a Pest, which is the Witherbloom token, which is a 1-1 Black Green token that when it dies, you gain a life. You either draw a card and lose a life, which I think is what I did every time, or you exile target player's graveyard. Then I opened Baleful Mastery, which is the Masteries are an interesting cycle. So this is three and a black for an instant exile target creature or planeswalker, but you can pay only one and a black instead. If you do that, an opponent draws a card. So depending on if you really need to kill something and not pay full price for it, but your opponent's going to get a card. There's the Elite Spellbinder. I got Paolo Vito D'Amorosa. That's the uh, three one flyer that when it enters the battlefield, you look at an opponent's hand and then you can exile a card from it and they can still play it, but it gonna, it's going to cost them two more to do so. And then I also got very efficient removal vanishing verse it's just white black for an instant exiled target monocolored permanent oh yeah i saw you open that on the the sealed the the pack opening video and yeah yeah it looks good so ended up with a lot of removal in the deck and creatures that i figured blocked fairly well like i also i had other removal that's not wasn't rare and then i mean the plan was to cast approach of the second sun <laughs> <laughs> because I opened Approach of the Second Sun from the Mystical Archive. Let's talk about that. First of all, these cards in person, held in held in hand, look amazing. They are so good. Yeah, and the etch foil treatment is so it's very clever and very subtle. Yeah. But yeah, the Mystical Archives cards are beautiful. And, and opening them and being able to be like, whoa, I can just play this is so cool. And it makes for such an interesting just seeing someone be like, I actually have this snakeskin veil, which which you did, Nelson. Or when Kathleen was like, I cast Day of Judgment, was just sort of like, <laughs> holy yeah. moly, you have been studying in the Biblioplex very hard. Yeah. I, I was watching that moment with the Day of Judgment from Kathleen. I, I mean, it, 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 you have to wonder, like, do I counter spell DT or do I counter spell Dark Ritual? Right. Like what what what's the correct sequencing here? Right. The question from the ages. Since your since your opponent opened both Dark Ritual, Demonic Tutor and Tendrils of Agony. Yep. And you're trying to deal with that with your like scathe zombies, you know, limited deck or whatever. I feel like this set's going to have a lot of replay value in the future because of Mystical Archives. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like it's I don't I find it entertainingly chaotic, but that's because I haven't been blown out by it yet. Right. <laughs> sort of quasi cube feeling, right? It's just like you're drafting a normal set, but there's one card from the cube in every pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I assume the first time I get grape shot for like 35, I'm going to be like, okay. If somebody actually manages to dome someone out with grape shot, I'll be I just like just slow claps all day. I'll be very impressed. I mean, Gringus is in this. Yeah, that's right. Grinning Ignis is back. Wheeler might have been like one correct land playoff or something from, or like he, he needed to draw the right land or something in order to do more with his tendrils turn, like maybe get me with tendrils. He did he did tendrils me for two, like like it was like one extra spell. And the coolest thing, the funny thing is like Storm is just really good because Magecraft cares about copies. So even if your like Storm spell doesn't do much, like you're only, you only drain life in them a little bit, it still might pump your team a bunch or get you other quasi spell effects. So the Storm cards are a really cool include for that reason yeah but the the archive cards in general i also opened gift of estates and i was like i don't think i can run this 
Which one is that again? Goes and finds some lands or something? Yeah, one in a white. If it can, if an opponent controls more lands than you, search your library for up to three planes, reveal them, put them into your hand, and then shuffle. Okay, okay. Like maybe just a thin, like that actually thins the deck by a, like a notable percentage, right? Well, yeah, I mean, the so the awkward part about this card is that the condition might not be, like you're not necessarily going to be able to play it on yeah. you know, turn two where they have three lands already. Like if you're on the play, it's a bit awkward. So the condition is a little tricky, which is why I think Tithe is a bit better. I know Tithe gets played a bunch in Canadian Highlander because it's the same kind of effect, but it's an instant. So you can respond to your own fetch land. Like you can sacrifice your land and then before you resolve the search, you can cast Tithe. Mm. And so if you're on parity with lands, now you're one down. But yeah, Gift of the States, I mean, it's two mana for draw three in white. Like that part of it's pretty sexy, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I wasn't able to cast Approach of the Second Sun because as it turns out, just filling my deck with tiny creatures that can hit you repeatedly and removal was enough as as Cam discovered to do the thing. Heavily in game two on the, or game one on the back of Silver Quill Pledge Mage, which is one and two hybrid mana of black white. It's for a three one with Magecraft that you can give it either flying or lifelink until end of turn. So like, I think Cam didn't have a blocker down because he spent the first turn or so ramping, first couple turns ramping. So I gave it lifelink the first attack. Like I killed something and then gave it lifelink. And then once he started getting blockers down, I was like, cool, I'm going to kill a thing and give this flying. And it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. As long as you can keep making it rain removal. <laughs> then it's really great. I have 12x removals. As long as you just keep removing my threats. I mean, speaking of your threats, your deck looked sweet. Could, let's, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about your deck because boy, did it interact. Oh. Like with itself. <laughs> Synergize, I think is the word you're looking for. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's all my deck ever does is interacts with itself. Um, Cameron, are you done in there? Yeah, et cetera. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> the door's closed for a reason, mom. My deck is interacting with itself. <laughs> okay, like, I opened a bunch of sorceries that create fractals. And individually, they're fine, right? They're, they're not that exciting. I, I think I spoke a little bit about emergent sequence during the game, which is one in a green for a sorcery. Search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. That land becomes a zero, zero green and blue fractal creature that's still land. Put a plus one, plus one counter on it. For each land you had, enter the battlefield under your control this turn. On turn two, hopefully this is a two-two, right? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, you like get a two-two mana dork, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you, you get a bear and you've ramped. And, you know, it's a land that can get stone rained, right? Pretty, pretty easily, right? Like it can eat a shock and that doesn't feel great. But I feel it's a strong card, right? On its own, or at least it's a playable card. But it interacts interestingly with things like Serpentine Curve, which for three and a blue, you get a sorcery, which makes a fractal. And then you put plus X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is one plus the total number of instants and sorcery cards you own in exile and in your graveyard. Which Nelson and I both misread. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it makes a one one on its own right like i think during my kit opening video i was like this has potential and people were like it makes a one one cameron and i'm like well you don't yeah. cast it on turn four after having cast nothing else yeah exactly like what kind of blue deck are you playing i mean you you do you do cast it on turn four after having played nothing else if your opponent's got those quandrix pledge mages down early and they're already gigantic yeah right but you know that that that's a three three in blue pretty trivially if you've cast one other instant or sorcery that's not the worst and getting like a four four for four is not that bad really like you you cantrip turn one you play emergent sequence turn two and then on turn three you can you you can put down this larger fractal and then you play your tezzeret's gambit from the mystical archive and make them bigger Woohoo! and then like fractal summoning is also a common it's two quantrix hybrid mana and x where 
where you create a fractal and put X plus one plus one counters on it. It's pretty straightforward. And these interact with things like Biomathematician at Common. For one green-blue, you get a 2-2 human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, create a fractal token and put a counter on it for each fractal you control. That was, that was a heck of a one, too. I think, yeah. I want to say Wheeler was in, in the Discord between rounds or whatever and was just saying, like, wait, that's a common? Yeah, and it's I a kinda, common. I had the same reaction. I didn't want to talk over any people, but I had the same reaction when I saw it in the spoiler. I was like, whoa, this is, looks, this has, like, sort of rare energy or whatever. I don't know. It, it feels really good. Yeah, it's like, on its own, maybe just a 3-3 three, three for 3, but so much potential. Yeah, right? Like, I'm, I mean, individually, none of these cards are exciting. But when you consider the fact that you've hopefully been playing Magic the Gathering before and after you cast them, they start <laughs> to fit together, right, into kind of an engine. Yeah. And this is just, like, shenanigans you can get into at common. I don't think any of this is particularly difficult to pull together. No, I think that the Quandrix deck is going to be explosive. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think if the Quandrix deck doesn't get kneecapped in the first couple of turns, it's going to be very, very difficult to stop it. And possibly in your draft pods, you should be watching out that like it's sort of easy to put together if no one is fighting over it. So maybe, maybe it'll be normal for three people to be trying to get into Quandrix and, and all three of them might have okay decks. I'm curious about what the signaling looks like in this set, because if you get past Biomathematician, that's, it's a good card, but it's not, not necessarily a signal, right? Yeah. But I do enjoy a draft environment where the moving pieces are at common. I, yeah. I think that that indicates a interactive game of Magic the Gathering or an interactive environment in some way, right? Where you can feel like you're playing the game and exploiting the the color identities mechanics trivially, like casually, commonly, if you will. Mm. Rather than like where you need two uncommons to pull off a move or something, right? Like it's not that drafting a decent Quandrix deck won't be like opening up an invisible stalker and then hoping hoping that someone passes you the butcher's cleaver mm -hmm. where they're, mm -hmm. they're both mm -hmm. uncommons, you know, like you might, you might just miss on the packs in your draft pool. Like every, every eight person draft of Quandrix will probably have at least three or four biomathematicians or, or whatever the math is. I'm sorry. I don't actually know what your exact odds are for commons, but, but it's a common. Yeah. Like you, you, I think you can expect to, to play magic, the gathering in this draft pool. Pod, which excites me, right? Because yeah. I'm terrible at, at playing Magic the Gathering. And the <laughs> fact that I can just hopefully be able to pull together a playable deck, even if I don't read the signals, you know, that, that feels all right. Did you have any Mystical Archive cards? Yeah, I actually got Memory Lapse. Oh, that's right. You played Memory Lapse. I remember now. Yeah, Memory Lapse is cool. Growth Spiral? Growth Spiral. Hey, I mean, it's not super exciting, but it kind of is. It's, it's so really good, good next to next to that format of Fractal card, right? It's just like, yeah, just cantrips. You just want like opts. And I opened that uh, Curate, like one in a blue. Look at the top two. You can put some in your yard and then draw a card. That would have been great next to your format of Fractal card, too. Could you imagine like playing Harrow? Oh, and yeah. then going into emergent sequence. I guess Harrow isn't in the Mystical Archive, but you know. Next time. <laughs> Next time. Wheeler opened two Cultivates. <laughs> so that's kind of the same thing. You got to cast the world's first copy of Abundant Harvest. No, I didn't. I thought I did. No? <laughs> I was thinking I did. Yeah, Who did? I had adventurous impulse. No, nobody did. Or did someone else have Abundant oh. Harvest? I announced that I'm casting Abundant Harvest. Oh. Or no, I, I was thinking it's Abundant Harvest. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I, I don't know if I'm going to win the match, but I'm going to play the world's first adventurous impulse and then immediately chat corrects me with just like the venturous impulse was from dominaria nelson i'm like <laughs> yeah. oh right it's a different one mana like green sorcery that helps you smooth out your draw like cantrip to smooth your draw i'm thinking of this one's just the one from dominaria but whatever oh, venturous impulse is sweet it's a good card play it on turn one in your green decks and now you can get it in really nice art uh, yeah i definitely thought that's what i was doing but i can't amazing. keep up there's too many magic cards now kids
I can't keep up. I'll talk about my pool and stuff, if that's okay. Please. I opened up my Prismari deck box thing. Sorry, pre-release kit. Prismari pre-release kit with Ifrit Flame Speaker, I believe is the name uh, of my promo, or Ifrit, some kind of dancer. Anyways, it's a four mana, one four double strike, three generic and a red for a double striking creature that lets you cast a spell from your graveyard for free when you deal damage to a player. And it has double strike, so you could do it theoretically twice in the turn. And I did open the access tunnel. So I had a potential like combo to cast spells for free in my graveyard and have like a cool trick based around my promo foil I opened up. But the rest of my red cards weren't that inspiring. And I honestly didn't have like a clear path of like what spells I'm casting for free or what value I'm getting out of a double striking creature whose stats are otherwise kind of unexciting. My seated pack had a few gold cards. I definitely played, I think the curate and I played the three mana instant learn or draw card learn, I believe was from my seated pack. But my red cards in my packs were kind of just like some of the support cards for lore hold like i got two mana two one and then if it exile it from your graveyard and pay five mana to get a three two spirit and then i had the like two mana two two tap all your spirits get plus one power or something and like no other creatures in red besides the flame speaker i think and then the the red and blue creatures were okay i had rutha and I, what i eventually did was splash rutha and i also splashed heated debate but i got two prismari campuses and two quandra's campuses and a bunch of good green cards and uh, my seated promo rare was emeritus archmage mm-hmm. so i play i played that that guy very nice two two for four that lets you draw a card every time you cast a spell or copy a spell and i got to keep him alive for one extra turn the game that wheeler smashed me with my cool snakeskin veil my best rare in the set or my best rare in my, my packs i think was silver quill command and i did look at the rest of the white and black i got like a duress and a revitalize from the mystical archives so like i had some white and black cards but not exactly what you want to see in it it wasn't a whole deck like there were enough creatures to play white and black in my pool unfortunately and definitely not enough mana fixing to like be double splashing so i ended up with a perfectly fine Quandrix deck. So I was trying to think of a uh, name for my my deck initially that involved like defecting or swapping majors or something, but I ended up on Student Union Beatdown after thinking about it for a bit because... I spent a lot of my university degree at the sub, you know, either like talking to friends or listening to music or just drinking. But uh, yeah, then my match was was pretty fun. Wheeler and I were both trying to get out a lot of land and do powerful shenanigans. Or no, sorry, he was trying to do that. I was just trying to make land drops and bounce or tap his stuff. Like most of my most of my plan revolved around having two copies of this flying frost links that's in this set now at common as well. Right. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, like two generic and a blue for a two two and it has flying and went this the battlefield tap target creature and that creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step so yeah frost trickster frost trickster yeah so both the games that i won i drew i think both of those that were in my pool i was also i opened up two copies of the four mana three one flying ward two but i ended up cutting one of them for curve reasons to play instead the two mana three three wall now this is sort of a splash red too it's like do you recall the names of these cards offhand so james can pull them up yeah sorry the air it's aerialist definitely is the gin wizard at four mana that that has ward with is some kind of aerialist waterfall aerialist waterfall aerialist and then i also had prismari pledge mage i included for curve reasons and i was pretty happy with this pledge mage it's, it has defender i think it's pledge mage maybe it's initiate student <laughs> i mean there's a cycle of pledge mages did it cast for hybrid mana yes so yeah. yes two blue red hybrid mana for a three three with defender but magecraft if you ca- cast copy a spell this can attack and so that was nice oh interesting that one's cheaper than all the other ones yeah it's only two mana 
Yeah. Interesting. If you have flyers, you can play Moat Piranha or Wall of Mist, right? Like I've made peace with playing walls in my limited decks. If there was a long time in my magic career, I would not play a creature with Defender unless it was like Event Sentinel. But you can play two mana walls limited. It's fine. I've decided it's okay. If you have flying and your opponent's recourse is generally going to be to attack you on the ground, then playing a two mana three three seems great. I also had Ether Helix, which I liked a lot. This is it's I think it's a fair card, but it's a Quandrix Uncommon for three generic, a blue and a green. Sorcery, return target permanent from the battlefield to its owner's hand and return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's not, it's like a weird, it's weird calling it a tempo card because like it does do an unsummon, but it's five mana for that unsummon and then staple to a regrowth. So it's kind of like a weird sort of tempo slash value card. Like, you know, for tempo plays, you want your unsummons to cost one. But if you've like traded off a frost trickster and then you can bounce their flyer attack and then the following turn, like they replay it and you replay your frost trickster, that feels pretty good. I also had a really big lesson in learn board, although I just went for a Dirkwood boards every time that I went to my my sideboard for a lesson card. I like to learn mechanic a lot. Yeah, I was actually quite sad that I didn't have more learn cards in my in my deck. I had two in my whole pool. Being able to cast like environmental sciences or the counter spell, not counter spell, but the one that puts counters on things. Oh yeah, and vigilance. Yeah, the three mana one with the big frog, right? Yeah, yeah, big frog. Anatomy, anatomy lessons? No. And expanded anatomy. Right, expanded anatomy. That would have felt really good. Expanded anatomy is something that I could. I feel I would really be happy to go and get as a lesson. Yeah, I think I ended up going for the inkling summoning one, but I I had that as an option. I had uh, expanded anatomy, environmental sciences, inkling summoning. I actually had a rare. It didn't come up. In the video because it was never going to be relevant for me but i got confront the past mm. which is x and a black Ooh. choose one return target planeswalker with mana value x or less from your graveyard to the battlefield or remove twice x loyalty counters from target planeswalker and opponent controls and i was like well this doesn't seem like it's gonna come up very often but i guess it can sit in my lesson board in case it is gonna be a thing but i certainly didn't open any planeswalkers actually only one person opened opened a planeswalker across all eight pools do you remember who it was yeah, yeah. Wheeler opened the fox and with it has Luca on the back. Oh, oh, neat. Okay, but yeah. didn't play it. I have no idea if he played it or if it just didn't show up in the deck or what. I think yeah, Wheeler was my opponent. I believe he was just black green, splashing a little bit of blue. Yeah, and the fox is white and Luca's red, yeah. so seems like neither of those. Then that card's pretty cool though. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's it was it was full it was full frame like it was borderless. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, really pretty. It wasn't really it was you know only four matches of sealed, but they were weren't really bomb oriented right like you know mine and wheelers both of our games were pretty tempo-y like i had two games i won with flyers and he had a game he won with like grow creatures and pump spells basically mm-hmm. and then your matches where y- you two it was a lot about flyers i yeah. guess <laughs> surgeon and kathleen kind of had bombs the first game of the first match was the longest game all day right. so i yeah i wasn't judging that one surge was and i i was excited to watch as much as i could but then i had to go off and be a dad so i left like i don't know 20 minutes into Adam and, and Ben's game and then I came back later and it was like just the end of Adam's game or uh, the game two and Adam like didn't have enough lands or something so it was like, really weird opposites there but yeah how was that first game it, it was wild like it just kept going <laughs> it was we were like oh I guess this is a slow format and the rest of the day did not bear that out but there was just a lot of they, they didn't attack they couldn't attack each other for turns like they were both at 20 on like turn I don't know 8 10 like they, they were right. they were having to be like like, how, how many cards do you have left in your library? Like, it was <laughs> looking like it could have been a mill victory that game. And then the second game, Ben just smote him. But 
Yeah. Anyways, it's neat when at these pre-pre-releases, when we see the bombs, like the big splashy sort of uh, storyline characters come out, you know, famous moments like Nickel Bolas hitting the battlefield and War of the Spark. But it's, it, I think, just as good or better when we mostly play commons and uncommons so that we really get a feel for like the texture of this limited format. Because that, that almost always happens if you're on. Yeah, like comments. some real nuts and bolts magic. Yeah, exactly. And we got, there were plenty of good Mystical Archive moments too. So that's cool. So far, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about this set. So I judged that command commander game and i was surprised to notice that i just still really wanted to watch it again so uh, you were congratulating the video editing team but i wanted to second that like great job everyone who worked on that commander video it was it turned out a lot of fun and i'm impressed with how fast-paced and entertaining it felt without actually sacrificing any of the gameplay yeah i was i was really really happy with how that with how that turned out that was myself and matt sort of knocked it back and forth it was like i did like i set up and then edited you know like the first 10 minutes and then i was like okay now do the rest of it like this and then he did and then it came back to me and then i set up all the like all the overlays and stuff and you know like tweaked a couple edits and did some more like fine tuning and then and then sent it back to matt for the like okay now please do all the life totals <laughs> and then he sent it back to me for a final pass and then then it went out but yeah i i was i was i was really pleased there were some good suggestions for that about having an indicator of whose turn it was and having occasional shots of all four boards at once only reason i didn't do that second thing is because they were all like from different cameras and it looked a little looked a little bit janky there wasn't like a great way to do that transition but generally speaking those were both good suggestions but i'm i'm really pleased it felt it just it was brisk right it it was it was a good like like we the recording there was a couple minutes at the beginning and end of us just sort of gabbing but uh, the recording was two hours 40 and the edited version that was aired was an hour and 33 so there was a lot of stuff cut out yeah there was yeah there was a, a, well, at least one kind of longish judge call i remember mm-hmm. and there was he probably got to cut out a lot of us being like wait what does graham's commander do wait does graham's <laughs> commander trigger what does it do let's read it again let's yep. all read it again <laughs> yeah you can see is it brina is it yeah brina, brina. Right? yeah god we read red brina we all read brina so many times it's just because it only cares about the opponents of the controller of brina so that's that's why that's why it was sort of confusing when adam also had a brina because then it was it's like no no it's it's only your opponents that get roped into the calculus you could tell if you're if you're looking for it when i cast brina the second time later in the game when we remember how opal palace and study hall work that's a moment where nelson is like hang on you're doing this wrong because you should count the first time as well and then i think I think we just ha- had Surge correct me. Like N- Nelson was there the whole time and being involved, but for the briskness, we just eliminated all of those and had us look like we knew exactly how all the cards worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that. Well, it was great because without me ever coming and saying like, oh, hey, Judge Nelly here, I just want to, you know, like without any of those intros, it just felt more like a fun kitchen table game. Yeah, yeah. W- with good. just four people who know the rules really well. Yeah, the power of editing. It worked out really well. Yeah. So that was fun. And yeah, I thought the Wither Room deck reveal was awesome great energy from kathleen and clearly a ton of production work went into it mm-hmm. the uh, the dolly shots across the table were oh, i love those yeah those are just very very nice i was like this was sometime last year when i wanted to start doing more deck tech style content for the youtube channel and presumably we will when we get back to being able to you know produce more stuff in the studios and whatnot i was like beach i want to buy a reasonably expensive but very small motor controlled slider <laughs> he was like why and i like well, so I can get really cool looking shots of magic cards. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, the call time PPR is when I was finally like, all right, finally using this thing now. Let's do this. And yeah, I love how they look. Get mm-hmm. my toy out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I, I kind of enjoy the hyper specialized hobby focused photography tools. Yeah, me too. Right. Like the fine scale modeler uh, setup of lighting and backdrop and uh, macro lens for photographing model planes and cars. Right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to film these like a, like a tech video. The ways that like really cool tech reviews have mm. to be like it's not that interesting to look at a phone, so I have to shoot it in a way that's really visually interesting. But we have the added added advantage that like magic cards are just generally fairly pretty. I wonder how much of that is informed, like how much of uh, Top Gear's DNA is in that. Oh, uh, that's a good question because yeah, they got bored of filming cars very quickly and got incredibly creative with just like their normal the like regular sort of. Of not regular car reviews that's a different channel but like they're they're more normal reviews when they weren't on like older episodes of top gear when they weren't doing their ridiculous road trips mm-hmm. when they were just like we're gonna spend you know 10 minutes talking about the new honda civic and then all the shots of the honda civic are just like just ludicrous they're using like like long exposures and smoke and just trippy digital editing effects and it's like you all have crafted how to actually do interesting things when your subject is a motionless hunk of metal yeah and then there's like you know a fortet or an Eamon Tobin song playing yeah, yeah. you're just like this car looks cool <laughs> yeah what is it a Kia okay I'm gonna write that down <laughs> oh damn the commercial ended now I'm not vibing anymore <laughs> I've definitely had that moment. I've like enjoyed the soundtrack of a commercial so much that I've needed to go like Google it and then like find out who wrote the soundtrack and then just go download all that song. Yeah. So the PPR was the actual gameplay. The magic itself was super fun and I cannot wait to jam a bunch of this on, uh, I mean, on Arena for now. Hopefully, hopefully in paper eventually. Yeah, I might I might pick up some draft boosters of this and just like, you know, sit on them for a while until the homies can get back. I'm hoping at YJ or something we can run like a weekend or two of like catching up on all these sealed formats that we've missed. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, whenever it is that we get to. This was not going to be the segue into Card Kingdom, but it's going to be now because we should wrap up the podcast. But I pre-ordered a set booster box, a Japanese set booster Ooh. box from card kingdom uh, which obviously they don't ship sealed product internationally so i'm <laughs> making arrangements with a friend of mine south of the border but you can pre-order that because i i want to get i want to get japanese mythical archive cards <laughs> yeah don't we'll, we'll set up a p.o box and print in point roberts it'll be it'll be fine good idea yeah everyone's favorite exclave so you too can pre-order strixhaven at card kingdom you can get singles anywhere in the world i just like opening set boosters or you can get sealed product anywhere in the u.s and if you tell them loading ready run sent you and ask nicely for a button they'll give you a little one inch button that currently says snow lands snow problem and of course the show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run and thank you all again for the kind words on twitter and we even got some messages on patreon and in the youtube comments and on reddit we really appreciate it so thank you until next time i have been graham joined by cameron goodbye and nelson thanks everyone but especially mods Mm. And our mods, yeah. Jordan edits these. Heather gets them online. James was here running the card reader. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.